Steve, we had some technical difficulties on my side as I forgot to that we were actually have to be on the Zoom together to record the podcast. So good to see you. Happy good to, to see you. Glad you're back. Yeah. I'm back. Back um, before it starts. Never a dull moment with us. Um, how are you, Steve? Are you good? You doing good? I am wonderful. Great. Um, how about you? Is, Wait, how about you? I'm great. I'm great. Okay. I'm in a good mood. Um, I'm getting to chat with you. This is my favorite hour of the week. So there we go. Um, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve. Um, Steve, we've got a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of Penn State news, some Penn State media news going on today. Um, some stadium changes, um, maybe some role changes. The NFL draft is this weekend, week, weekend. Um, and then you are very fired up about this week's old guy, young guy. So I'm I'm excited for Yeah, and I did some benchmarking on some people that I thought were on my side or not. So we'll see okay. how this goes. All right. All right. Um, where to begin? Okay, let's begin here with the most recent news from our friend of the podcast, Corey Geiger. Corey, late last night as I was falling asleep, kind of uh broke some some bigger news in the Penn State world if you if you pay attention to this type of thing. Uh Dean DeVore, who has been the uh, public address announcer at Penn State for football for since I believe 2002 or 2000. Um is no longer going to be the public address announcer for for Penn State football. Um, whether that includes the blue band and some other stuff is yet to be be seen. Uh, but I, I think we'll start there. Um, we did reach out to Dean and asked if he had a comment uh, or wanted to join the podcast, and he declined. Uh, so we'll cover our bases there. Um, I think ultimately this is for those that are kind of paying attention to Penn State, uh, I think would be the best way to say it. This isn't doesn't necessarily come to as a surprise. I think a lot has been put maybe even in the later part of the season with Pat Kraft on kind of changing the game day experience. We've noticed some things change. Um, Guido, uh, who Guido Diella, who founded the whiteout, um, really is a big reason for the greatest show on earth um, or greatest show in college sports or, or whatever the slogan is. Um, that's how well the slogan stuck with me um, His back. And I think wants to, you know, change up some things. Um, I think for those not in the know, this probably might be a surprising news and for, for probably the majority will just show up and there'll be a different guy talking at the football games next year. Yeah. If they, if some of those people even notice, right? I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some fans who've been at games for years or go to them and they're going to go in and it's going to be a quarter or so till they look to their spouse or whoever they come to games with and say, does that sound different to you? Is that, that a different person? Um, I mean, it's not it's not world-ending news for, for people, but it's it's interesting news. It's, it's something in terms of Penn State football that hasn't changed for two plus decades and, and more that he's been in, in involved with the athletic department in, in some way. So so it's newsworthy, newsworthy that way. And I think Penn State's game day experience at football, whether it's the presentation, whether it's the, the public address announcer, I'm sure there were people in the fan in the stands every week saying, okay, that's interesting, right? I mean, whether they were critical or just thought that's, you know, that's clum clumsy, clunky, whatever. I always thought the game day experience, aside from the public address announcer, it, it took them like two games to figure it out every year, which I never quite understood because it's the same thing, rinse and repeat. Um, but I can also understand why people would say, why did that happen? Why am I hearing that now? 
from the person who's the public address announcer in the stadium or those kinds of things. And so, yeah, I, I feel for Dean because I'm sure it's this is part of his identity. You do this for 30 years, this is who you are, right? So, and it's it's an un, seemingly from where we're at an unceremonious departure, unexpected departure, and that that's not never a good thing. So, I, I feel for him that way. But I do, you know, I, I think come September 2nd, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people. There will be some people say, oh, is this different? That sounds different because they just it's just not on their radar up here for those kinds of things. Yeah. And I, I think ultimately, like I said, I think this was trending that way necessarily. I think um, this has kind of been in the wind and floating around on uh, some of the, the deeper rumors out there that they might be looking at at that position and, and looking at making a change there. So if you were kind of in the know and maybe read a couple of message boards here or there and paid attention, you would you would not necessarily be surprised by this news. Um, I think you get to a point where sometimes you just need to change things up. And I think it's funny reading the message boards today and reading a lot of the comments is a lot of people thought that Dean was responsible for the music. He's not, was, was not, he's just responsible for. So I think he kind of became the scapegoat for the, the game day presentation in a lot of ways. Um, but at the same time, I, I definitely think there were times that, you know, he could improve or even the game day experience could really improve. And I think that's what we're going to see. I, I, I wonder, you know, what's next. Like, I, I don't know if it, if it matters to an average fan, we are, we are not the average fan that's certainly in the sports media standpoint that maybe pays attention. We pay attention, you and I pay attention to the pregame and in-game presentation a lot more maybe than, than most, or I guess we're more critical, not necessarily paying attention. Um, so I don't know. I ready for something new. I think, uh, I think in general, this is what we're getting out of this administration and, and kind of athletic department these days is we're ready for a new era of Penn state sports, a new, um, a new feel to Penn state sports. I think maybe louder, more aggressive, things like that. Um, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, it's also going to be interesting to see who they pick next. I think there's probably four names. I tweeted this out earlier, four names that come to my mind. Um, the first would be friend of the show, Brian Tripp, but I don't think Tripp wants it. And that's not any inside information. I just don't think he wants it. Um, he's got a better gig already. He's got a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. And I think he, better he gigs enjoyed, yeah, yeah. He has, he also probably has too many gigs. No, we love him. He does a great job. Um, so I think then your, your, my attention probably goes down to three people, Jeff Brown, who does the BJC announcing for, for most of the men's games and some of the women's games, I think. Right. Uh, um, and then you've got Joe Putnam who works with the spikes. Um, I, I think he was the public address announcer. Maybe he does radio now. He's definitely some point the public address announcer at Medler. And then you've got Rodney Martin, who is the Pagula public address announcer. Probably would be my fate, like my my pick. No offense to the other two. I think the other two are equally as great. Um, Rodney just gets me fired up. His his we are. There's something about his we are's that are very succinct and just. Like, like if you were recording a We Are chant, I would go to Rodney first to record his We Are chant. Well, if it ends up with any of those three, I think that's that's a good thing. My concern with the change, and I, and I, I don't go two places. Like the change is, I think, 
good. If you're going to say we are a top five program, we're going to change some things in our presentation. We're going to be better than we've been before. Because there have been holes. There have been inconsistencies. There have been, I don't even remember the game, but it, and I guess I should because it was so good, but there was a pregame hype video that was Avengers based about five or six years ago. And it was just awesome. And, but that happened for one game in seven, right? And I get the work behind it to do, to even make even one of those possible. But if you're going to be here for one of your games and the others are just kind of here, you know, you, you need to find like a, a level of consistent excellence, I guess, in terms of that. And they're paying the products worth a lot more now. It's a higher, you know, it's not pull up your car on Saturday. We're going to trot out the best kids we have. These are well compensated NIL student athletes, if they are still student athletes participating in a multimedia, multi-million dollar industry and effort. So the presentation matters that way. Um, but they did some things with women's basketball. Um, specifically, I was the pink zone game this year and they had a public address announcer there that I think whether they're helping out for the day or Jeff couldn't be there or whatever. And they mispronounced the Penn State women's players' names. They did a cool new presentation and it was wonderful and we were going to be younger. And I think you got to get your players' names right. So I'm, I'm hopeful that it's not that far afield when they go to whatever they do next. Well, and I think that's, maybe one of the reasons why you look to somebody that's a little more internal and familiar. I don't think, also don't, you don't have to go for it. Like don't, as we said, sit here and say, don't really pay attention to it, but uh, I don't think it needs to be a whole thing. Like, I think, I think you have very viable, three very viable options right Mm -hmm. there. And I'm sure there might be some other names that we're excluding, not necessarily on purpose. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I do, I do agree with you on the, the, and this can kind of segue into our next state segment, but I think the Penn state game day experience is changing. I think it's always been a presentation. It's always been a show in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think maybe the last five years of the show haven't been as good. And sometimes you need to, to, you know, Grey's anatomy has to go get a, a couple celebrities or, or whatever <laughs> to shake things up like a go get something to shake things up and whether that's Guido coming back, a new PA announcer, like I, I, I'm excited for that to change. Um, what do you, what would you change if you had overarching powers of, of Penn state game day experience? What would you change, Steve? He's like, he's I, bursting I would, at the seams. I, I would change the thing that many people probably like the most. And, oh and, I, and again, it didn't happen when I was a student. So it was new to me. I mean, they've been doing it forever. I am not a fan of, in terms of presentation, I am a fan of everything that happens from hype video to traditional band marching out on the field to forming the line to the players to run through. And then if you can skip a few minutes there, I'm a fan of the team walking out and the new branded hallways they have and the camera watching them walk out. I'm even okay with Coach Franklin arm in arm with the players, even though I'm just not a fan of, are you ready for Penn State football? Wow. Like that guy, I know. Wow. I know. I'm I am, ready. I am speechless. I am, I am ready when they are lined up to let me get the, the fans, get the team out there and go. I am not a fan of Mike Man dude doing that because yeah, it didn't happen when I was a student. Like we didn't do that. There wasn't an, are you ready for Penn State football? There wasn't that space in there. Is it the, is it, the mic man or is it the song and is it be not like not because they that's a, a lot of people want the old rock and roll back i i 
could care less. I, I still like the old one. Like I think as I'm going to the game, right? Here's the pregame video, all that stuff. I'm I'm here and I'm ready to go. And I'm also here ready to go when the team's coming out on the field. This space in between where they're killing like two and a half minutes just because that's tradition scheduled for it. I I feel like that you could take that two and a half minutes out and do something else. Okay. I don't know what. Okay. I I understand what you're saying. Um, Number one example of that coming to mind that I thought was really impressively well done. Is it Michigan? As much as it pains me to say that I do think they have probably the best entry in all of probably all of the big 10. Maybe not in the country, definitely not in the country outside of Penn state. Number, number, number one and a half in the, in the big 10. Um, and they, they have a hype video that of course just exudes Michigan man um, presence. And it's narrated by James Earl Jones, which again, he's a Michigan alum. I guess you're going to get Keegan Michael key. I, I don't know who you're going to get to narrate that one, but they time it so that the, that hype video, the last shot of that hype video looks like a cinematic shot of Michigan running out onto the field. And, and it's like a boom, boom. And then they're out on the field. And it's right, very like that, cool. Right. Like Is that's that, the gap I'd like to avoid. Like I'd like to have the excitement and then go into the team pit 20, 30 years ago when I was covering pit had this really junky animation of like flying over the city, over pit stadium in through like the team gate. And then it went to a live camera shot and you're walking backwards. The team came to the field. That was pretty cool for a team that struggled on the field. Um, Alabama down there a decade ago, it was a narration. It was a video. It was all Bear Bryant's voice, right? Over clips old and new. And that's what they did. That was pretty cool. Um, So I think that stuff pregame. And then even though you didn't ask consistently, if you're going to do stuff like third down, you're going to play the Jaws song on third down and zoom, zoom in and out on the third down marker. In my opinion, you have to do that on every third down during the game to get your fans consistently built into it, not just when it's a big moment or a big game. And, and that's the one thing Penn State hasn't done. They do some really cool stuff well. They don't do it all the time consistently. And I think that's why Penn State fans sometimes don't know where to jump in because it hasn't been the same. I was thinking about uh, as much as I hate it, what's the one thing you think about with Rutgers? The, it's, it's the most – like it is the thing that I think the most about Rutgers is the that one. And then they do the hand thing. And then they say Mm -hmm. some words about Penn state in there. Um, (laughs) And that as much as it's annoying. It's kind of nice that you've got something. And I I, I agree with, I get what you're getting at um, there. They tend to do that more on offense and like they're more consistent on offense. I've noticed with certain songs and things. Um, usually if there's two first downs in a row, then you start to hear seven nations army. And um, the, on, I think it's on third down. There is the gladiator it's gladiator song. Um, but I forget, I forget what exactly that, that song is. Um, but yeah. Wow. Steve hates rock. Or uh, are you ready for Penn state football? No. I don't think I hate it. I just think mm, that, that there's, no, a, there's a little low there that could be more exciting for people but some people I, get behind that like they they like the back and forth thing okay all right i don't think that's going away people would be too people people would hate you i don't think they are i don't think it's going away either because it's a thing that, that penn state does now but it it just it feels like there's a drop-off like I, and if i were producing it you're building this to the crescendo and the crescendo is the team coming out of the field 
it feels like it drops off there and then you got to pull them back up again. Okay. Would you be okay if they reverse the order essentially? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do that. Then do the hype video, then pull the team on the field. Okay. All yeah. is one. Okay. Um, yeah, so there is, there. no, the, there is a, there, now I'm thinking about it. There is like a solid lull there. Um, okay. Um, you want my thing? Yes, I do. All right, here's what I want. I want the, the stadium lights thing. Have you seen this? You've seen this at the other schools, right? It's I know coming, you're, you don't like on, it. It's coming. You don't like you know it. it's coming. It's got to be coming. I, I was told that it's very expensive to do. It's not cheap. Well, they're going to do the cheap one first with the phones, right? Which way they've done, right? No, they're but that, that one's stupid. I want, the, I want the full stadium touchdown celebration light thing. I think in the next few years, you'll have it. Okay. I mean, I, I just... I, I just think that's the way it's going, right? Like that's what people are going to expect. They've been to other places. They've seen it. Other, if know. Maryland is doing it or Rutgers is doing it, Penn State can do it. Well, but but here's the thing. Is Penn State a bigger – Is are they a blue blood or more blue blood program and do not need to do that? Someone uh, – I think – Is that what you do when I you're not I think Alabama does it. Okay. I'm just asking. You know, Purdue does it too, but Purdue's Purdue. Yeah, but they had a really good environment there. I, mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, that slid up on my list. Like, in a meaningful game there, that was a top five Big Ten environment for me. Nice. Wow. Probably solidly at five. Okay. You, know, you want me to go through it real quick? I'm yes, going to go through yeah, it. Yeah, we, we got it. We got All it. right, Penn State one, Ohio State two. Um, a meaningful game at the at, um, Spartan Stadium. The little brother ahead of the big brother? Oh my God. Yeah. I hate the big, the big house. The, there's no experience. There's no feel. The, the big house is cool because it's very like Norman Rockwell college football experience. Um, That's to me. Norman Rockwell with money. I mean, cause there's yeah. no advertisers inside, right? The yeah. Only thing they're selling in there is Michigan football, which it's a beautiful fall day and you're going to go enjoy a football game. The, the Wolverines are on the gridiron. Um, Four would be Nebraska. Actually, no. Let me rephrase that. Three would be Wisconsin. Four would be Nebraska. Five would be Purdue on a good game. Yeah. So so Michigan State just fell from three to six. It depends. If Michigan State has a meaningful game. Michigan State's got it kind of figured out because they've got a small enough stadium that it's very intimate in there. Um, it, you, you feel uncomfortable. Oh, I'm forgetting about Iowa. I love it when you rank stuff because we start moving the thing around. We, if we ever get graphics, you're going to need a touch screen to move this stuff around. You can't have Iowa up there because you don't like those people. I they were know. They're, they're so, they are really rude. Yeah. 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 It's loud. It's, it's the second loudest, just but they're, no, that's, they're not. In terms of game day experience, they are toward the bottom. And then I don't think you can be that mean and cheer the kids. I just I just don't think you can be those, both. Steve is, Steve is feisty today. <laughs> Steve is Thoughts? You're putting words Ooh. in my mouth. All right. Um, I think we've got two more stadium or one more Penn State thing to get to. Um, okay. The other thing that's changing that I think I'm probably going to write about this going into everything else. Um, it seems like within the next week or so, um, uh, we're going to find out what's going to happen next with Beaver Stadium. Um, 
it seems like the study is done according to Blue White Illustrated's uh, Nate Bauer. Um, basically, there's going to be a renovation that could be 700 million. Um, let me find you the key paragraph. Uh, the project will primarily focus on the west side of the stadium, including a complete demolition of the current stands in the press box. In its place, the proposal is for for a rebuild with new stands, including expanding chairback seating on its lower level, as well as luxury amenities, suites, boxes, suites in low L-O-G-E boxes, loge boxes, loge, yep, yep. loge boxes. Um, got English class going on too. This is thank great. You. This is great. Um, additionally, space for press seating and media amenities will be included. I think that for a lot of people is the biggest news. Um, they're also include or expanding the concourses. Um, let me let me read the tea leaves here. I think they're gonna we're gonna see two tiers of stadium on the west side. I feel like I feel like that's kind of what I'm picking up if the what they're putting down. Um, interested to see how this impacts because they're probably gonna have to do this during the course of a, at least one season. So how does that impact season ticket holders, particularly ones that sit on the edge of the western side? Dot at me. Um, so. Um, Hopefully I'm an NB. Hopefully I don't get pushed. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how that all shakes out. Um, I, I wonder when they're going to start it. It would be weird for them to do it in 2024, but maybe you get it done sooner rather than later. So that in case a college football home playoff home game does come, you, you have it done for them. Then um, those are kind of my collective thoughts on, on it. We knew it was coming. Yeah, the timeline thing is the scariest, right? I mean, it's it's doesn't sound like a one construction season kind of thing, right? I mean, you know, you know, you just it's two it's two seats feels like it's two off seasons, which is doable and not a problem, but 2024 sounds ambitious to be done. Like I just think, I mean, even if they present their stuff to the board of trustees, then they've got to get I did this, did this with my class in the fall. Like the class, my class in the fall was half a class had to present a renovation and had to half of the class had to present a brand new stadium. So, I mean, they go from this, they got to get, they got to get bid approval. They got to get some numbers. Then they got to hire. Yeah. Like it's just the time, that timing's probably too quick. Um, maybe it's two tiers. Maybe there's some separation, right. That at the, at the current walkway that's there or something, that's what they have architects for, but it, it sounds like it's, you know, Pat Kraft said they have all the studies done when he came in, we're not doing another study. We've, this thing's been studied and studied and studied. And it, this does sound like, picking the pieces of the studies they've done before and said, okay, yes, we need some amenities for people down low. We need some premium seating. We need to fix the West side and the press box. And, and they, they picked the right parts without having to do the work again that they've already done in terms of surveying the place. Um, so I think it's exciting. I, I think it's, it, it's, it's changed not for change sake. It's changed for something that'll improve the game day atmosphere, the game day presentation, people's willingness to go to the stadium, which is, an important thing. That's their job now. They've got to make sure they've got butts in seats. They've got TV money, but they're, you know, you want to get both revenue streams. You don't ever want to have low attendance numbers or people not showing up. So this will make it special for some places. They'll be able to sell those seats, those boxes. And it, it sounds like the right thing. So I think it's got to be exciting for people. The other thing that I'm just sitting here thinking about, what about parking? Where do the, the highest donors park, Steve? I don't know, no, no. behind the scoreboard. I don't know. Or behind, well, the, behind, behind the scoreboard or behind the, the press box. Side. Right. So that's right. going to be interesting um, as well. Can't wait for that. Um, I'm fine with it. I, I think my, let me stick my old guy hat on and stick my 
ten pull oh, flagpole into. I really hope that one hundred and seven thousand doesn't go away, even if they don't get that for every game. Um, I think that's really the only thing that I'm concerned about. Um, but it's time to make the stadium better. It's 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 falling yeah, apart. I, I it's just it, falling apart. Yeah, and I think it would be hard for for one hundred and seven not to go away if they're going to have some premium seating and do some stuff. I think you're still kind of you can still be at one hundred and two, maybe or something like that because the number. The number matters a little, but they've got a lot of wiggle room. I don't know what Tennessee is. You've got a decent amount of wiggle room not to, still much. Be a, to be a still be a top five stadium, right? And still be able to say you're the largest crowd today if it's an afternoon game being played in the East Coast or something like that. Um, where it matters is what, what those seats are going to be, what they're going to be able to charge for the seats that remain, right? And 107, no chair back, bleacher seats are not worth nearly as much as 102,000 seats that are a little more comfortable and can offer some amenities. Okay. So 107 is Michigan. We all know that that's because they only give 12 inches, not 15 inches like Beaver stadium gives Michigan people today. Um, 106 is Beaver stadium. So I, I I'm wrong. Um, Ohio stadium, the horseshoe is 10278. So you have four, you can lose 4,000 seats essentially. Um, and still be, Actually, a little less than four thousand, and still be clear. I feel like they're going to lose more than four thousand. Although you probably make if you put more boxes in there, you could probably make it up. Or I don't. I don't think that's what. You know, what do I know? I, I, I don't think generally that's not what they care about. They care about how much you can sell the seats for, right? So if you have fewer, more valuable seats, that's what matters. That's what you're going to be able to do, and. I mean, I guess I'd be surprised if they went under 100, but I wouldn't be shocked. And they're not going to go, they're not, they're not losing 10,000 seats, I don't think. But it'll be fun to watch. Um, I'm looking at the list. Do you know what the smallest stadium in America is? I do now. For college football? Yeah. I think, I think this is for, for FBS. Uh, maybe football. 32? No, 26. It's uh, Oregon State. Really? Only 26? Yeah. Well, that was like Colorado was was touting the sellout of forty seven, and I had to look, and I guess their their capacity is fifty, so that's they had a sellout for their spring game. So, yeah, God yeah. bless them. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll have more to chat about that um, once that all comes out. I just hope it doesn't look ugly either. Um, okay, uh, moving on. More rule changes. More things are changing. A lot of change today on the podcast. Um, Three role changes rolled out this week. Uh, hold on. Uh, and they're coming to college football. Uh, running clock after first downs is coming, except for in the last two minutes. I think that's the one that probably people will pay attention to most to. Um, apparently banning the use of consecutive timeouts is going to save a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And then um, the fouls will carry over. So you would basically lose the untimed downs of the at the end mm-hmm. of the first and third quarter, all of those hundreds of thousands of times that happens during a football game. Um, the second two are very laughable. Like I said, I think the first one is the biggest issue I have on this situation. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to speed up that much. I don't think so. I think offenses, offenses were already speeding the game because of, of the style of play in, in most cases. If you're really concerned about like those second two and the timeouts, Take a timeout away from a coach each half. Just give them two to be. Or even in the first half. Right. Like you only get you... two in the first half. I mean, there's just there's sometimes just silliness because we're using them 
you know, they protect them, protect them, protect them, and then they've got them to use, and it does make the games longer. My challenge with with uh, the first downs thing is, you know, you say you don't want to play a different a different game in overtime. You don't want to you want to value all kinds of football. So why why is it different only in the final two minutes? If it's really a good thing, I mean, I understand why, but it just doesn't make. And I don't feel like they're losing that much time there. I guess the the only thing that I thought about was like it's a little bit of a trade off because then you don't have the two minute warning. You don't have the two minute warning. Mm-hmm in the NFL, but you still have the running clock after a first down. Whereas this, you have kind of the opposite, the, the first down and no two, two minute warning. So I think I'm fine with that. I can live with that. Um, but I, I don't know. I would hate to see them move to a running clock, like pretty much for the entire game, except for like within the last, however many minutes of a half, um, which was talked about, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I think ultimately I just, I think you got to get rid of commercials. They're not going to do that. Let's be realistic about that. So I think college football is kind of stuck. What would your, what would you think of a soccer treatment toward commercials? Right. Like, and again, there's a lot more inventory to sell in college football than there is in soccer. But what if they said, Hey, we're going to take away two breaks, but, but the, the third, second quarter and the third quarter are going to be presented with on-screen ads you know, from certain sponsors, right? So we're not going to have the break for commercial during those two quarters. But we're going to have that, like we're going to have big bugs in the sure. thing or we're going to have moving ads. Some, we're going to sell a different kind of inventory because you could speed the game up that way because you wouldn't take commercials, right? You would just play the game the right way with, with no commercial breaks, no no time stoppages except timeouts and let let them find different inventory to sell during those times. I guess. But I guess you're not, I, I don't think you're. I don't know if you'd make it up monetarily. I was just curious about how, what it would look like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, my, my thought on it is like, the problem isn't with the roles. The problem is with the commercials. And so somebody like, so I guess maybe yes. Or hell, give me the occasional on-field ad. Like I am fine with it. Even if it's CGI'd in, I'm fine with that. Or give me like a ESPN football presented by Scorebug, like that's a little bit more aggressive and like right. has, as opposed to having the ESPN logo for this quarter, it has, you know, the Affleck logo for, right. for this quarter. Um, yeah. I didn't know if you'd be tied to me. Those, those kind of opportunities exist where you wouldn't have to play with the game at all. You just find different, different. Yeah. I, I would rather you, you figure out that than, do it this do it this way like you're punishing the roles you're punishing the game i think a little yeah, bit no, Not, i think it's and i say that because like i i don't know like the i guess there's also the balance of like you are supposedly preparing these people for the next level and this is like closer to the timing rules of the next level and nfl games are quick like 30 minutes we're done and or 3 hours we're done like it's pretty much 3 hours on the button every every game so maybe this will speed up things. I, I don't know. I think, we'll but, but there, we will talk about this summertime for the program. I think NFL stuff is, they know they're making it up for time, right? Commercials are, are if you get late in the game, the timeout is a 30 second timeout, right? Cause we're behind. And if, if somebody's close to out of bounds, I'm not convinced that they, if you really, you know, stop action to all those little segments when people are going out of bounds or stopping out of bounds, there's times they know they got to make time and they're keeping the clock running just to keep the show on time. Yeah. If they can help it. Yeah, 
I feel like you notice that at the end of like a blowout more often than yes. than yeah. than not. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's one more rule change. Sorry. Sorry. Um, you sent me this one. The SEC um, is considering basically forcing teams to give up fans or what was the headline on it? Uh, they're amplifying, considering amplifying their um, uh, rushing the field rules. Um, right now they have a pretty hefty fine. They want to look at maybe forcing people to forfeit wins, which is absolutely <laughs> idiotic. Um, or take away they, home games in the future. T- yeah. Take away home games in the future. Like what? Like, no, no one's going to go for this. Who in this room is going to agree to that? One. Number two, imagine let's play it out where let's play it out where say Tennessee doesn't kind of fall off like they did. And then they, but they still beat Alabama and everybody rushes the field, but they don't get into the playoff because they have a loss because it was a forfeit because their fans went on the field. Like, do we hear how asinine this, this line of thinking is? Yeah. And I just don't. I don't, I understand, and maybe it was the person who wrote that article or some other article that said, I stormed the field a couple of times in my, in my past. And I, you know, people could jump when they jumped from the stands, they could get hurt and EMTs couldn't get to them perhaps because there's lots of people there. Okay. But, and, and I know there's. You're assuming the risk. I, I, right. And I, I'm sure people can say, oh, well, there's, there's these times players got pushed and this got that and the coaches in the stand. It is, but for the most part, for the most part. 90% of the time, it's joyous, happy people who want to enjoy a celebration. If you want to ban them and say, hey, look, we can solve this. If you're on the field and we catch you, you are going to get ticketed and fined as an individual. Doesn't help, doesn't have to hurt the program. That just seems silly. Like, it just seems like they're taking a sledgehammer to something they could solve another way. Please don't be excited about your football team. That's right. that's what I hear here. Okay, well, uh, I think you can be excited and not go on the field, but I think there's also common sense, too. Like, if it's you know, somebody you should be, keep your butt off the field. If it's the first time in 30 years, then let it get on the field. Let's make it as safe as possible. If if I was like an evil athletic administrator, I would be like encouraging my fans after every game to get on the field <laughs> in the SEC. Like, like, please go on to the field. That would be my public address announcing. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's tie that in. Wait, did we get the public address announcer's job in there too? That's great. There we go. That's full circle. Um, all right, real quickly, the NFL draft is Thursday, right? Thursday. Um, Thursday are you excited, Steve? I'll watch. I don't know if I'm excited, but I'll watch. It's always good drama. It's 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 actual. The it's really good reality TV. It, it's 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 who wants to be a millionaire? It's this is your life. It's it's all that stuff rolled into one. So yeah, I'll I'll pay attention. Okay, you? me too. No, I will be. It will be very tuned in. Um, I'm not excited as excited as I normally am for the draft, even though Penn state might have like quite literally a two or three people go in the first round that like, it's very possible. Um, I am interested to see what the Steelers do. Um, but other than that, there's not, there's not a lot of, I, I guess the Will Levis thing, like I am interested to see the top three mm-hmm. picks and how the Will Levis thing shakes out. Um, so other than that, that's, uh, yeah, that's that, that'll be surprising, huh? Like if he goes that high, I mean, he's going to go that high. He's going to go top 10 unless something's really crazy. Did, did you see the Peter King thing? I did. He, <laughs> he's not God wrong. Bless, God bless Peter King. He basically has asked the question that anybody in the Penn State community has basically said is why didn't 
Will, if Will Levis is so good, why didn't he beat Sean Clifford out for the job? Right. And if you watch the, and you do some math and read into it a little bit, who knows? We could be sitting here, be laughed at on this podcast because they end up being, he ends up being a great quarterback, all the power to him, but I don't think he's going to. No, but he's, he's, he's going to make some life-changing money on uh, yeah yeah right so that's the thing like he's going to do that what what he does with it whether he becomes another quarterback and a good great quarterback an average quarterback or you know tony mandrich and takes the money and, and and walks away as a failed pick we'll see but that's what that's what makes it fun yeah yeah all right this week's old guy young guy brought to you by netflix steve is very upset about it <laughs> but it is brought to you by netflix that's true so i'm flipping channels while i'm flipping channels i'm scrolling through netflix the other night, was it last night? Last night, the night before, you know, and they're telling you what they got going on and they do a great job of here's a little graphic for the thing and like three little promotional things about it, you know, 1980s movie or a crime drama or whatever else. And there was the Whitney Houston biopic or whatever it is. And one of the descriptors was period piece. And, and I, I just freaked me out a little bit because it was in the 1980s. And to me, period pieces are the 1880s or the 1500s you can't have a period piece about a time that I lived through. So that I was a little freaked out by that. So is, is it, it's a new movie. It's like a newer movie that just came out or it came out yep. in the eighties. Newer movie just came out. It was released okay. in theaters in 2022, apparently. Okay. And is now on Netflix. I tend to agree with you. It, it, that Netflix, not you. Why? Why? I know nobody agrees with me. This is well, one of the ones people love. So I, the first movie that comes to mind is like purple rain. And like, I feel like that is not necessarily like it's, I guess it's not really a period piece, but super bad would also be another example of a period piece. Right. It's a comedy, but it's, a, it's, it's, if you grew up in relatively that generation, this is like, these are things you had to deal with. Uh, obviously like that story probably happened back in Steve's day and also happens in my day and will happen to kids in the future. Um, so yeah, I'm okay with that movie being called period piece. I think, I think it's about a time frame of somebody's life. And that time frame was like Whitney Houston was a pretty big part of the eighties. Right. Am I right here? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think, you know, people probably knew her, whether they were fans or not, they knew her and the national anthem still holds up as, you know, one of the, Supposed best national anthems ever. So Steve doesn't yeah. think so, judging by that. Oh comment. no, no, no. I, I I don't really rate national anthems. So no, I'm no not taking shots at Whitney Houston. No way. Smarter than that. Um no, and I, I'm wrong because I, I did I did reach out to one of the one of the friends of the show, and, and the response was if in painting the personality, the period is featured prominently, then it is indeed a period piece. So I guess I'm just gotta understand that I grew up at a time that was three plus decades ago and I, I, some I feel people, like, that's a period piece i feel like well but i don't feel like period pieces have to be like if you could have a current period piece i can't really think of one off the top of my head right now but like that makes a strong makes for a strong example there well like, but like when super bad came out like that was relatively like that was what this is like growing up in this generation um Okay. Here I am arguing for super bad as a period piece. Is essentially what we are. There we go. See, I win. All right. So I'm right. Here we go. Four. No, I'm not right. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. All right. Um, wow. We did you watch a Whitney Houston movie? Was oh, it God, good? No. No. Oh, okay. No. What did I, I watched. Um, what did you watch? The Diplomat. We are now. I'm now trying. Little Netflix series. Is that the like? Is it a spy thing? 
Yeah, it's kind of a spy thing with the woman who was in the the. the uh, it looked like a Jack Ryan ripoff. It, no, it looked I more think. like a Madam Secretary ripoff. Okay, then I think we're thinking of different things. Okay, so yeah, it was. It's yeah. I forget her name. Somebody will chime in. Okay, if one of our core four listeners is to this point, I will get a text saying that's who it is. Okay, Um, but yeah. No, I've been trying some baseball again this week. Uh, Games going shorter, like even games that aren't like the Pirates because we don't get the Pirates on YouTube TV. Um, Just some other games, just to have some baseball background noise. Yeah, Ronnie. All right, eventful podcast. I don't know when we will talk to you next. but we'll we'll talk to you relatively soon. Um, in the meantime, we have a blog, stuffsummersays.com. On that blog, there is a part uh, called with Steve. There, oh, he was a little late on that trigger today. Um, we have an email. It's podcast at stuffsummersays.com. I have an email. It's Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Steve has an email. It's Steve at stuffsummersays.com. Um, I never really thought about like stuff summer says is hard to say sometimes if you're trying to say it fast and then you throw in Steve in there. Um, but if they email often enough, it'll, it'll be yeah. automatically pop up on their email. So they won't yeah. need to say it. They'll sure. just type it. No, it's just like, it's a lot of alliteration. Um, email by uh, Twitter handles. Um, I, I have a Twitter handle. It's at stuff summer says Steve's is at Steve Samsel. Podcast uh, email said that one. Thumbs up. Subscribe down here somewhere. There. Um, People have been watching. That is very impressive to me. Steve's cat just walked by. We have a needy cat. We have a needy cat. Doesn't make the podcast yet, but she's got a needy cat. She needs some attention. Steve, go hang out with the cat. See ya. Bye.